and we're live hey everyone hi welcome to the new wave podcast this is Nuveen. this is pale we are your co-hosts you've been wanting to say that long time pale i will make it happen it is co-hosts we are co-hosts <laughs> But so that means both of us are co-hosts since we're both hosts, yeah? Yes. Why can't we both just be hosts? Hosts. Um, it's because there's two of us. Oh, co-hosts. We I are co-hosts. We are each, We are both co-hosts. Each other's We co-hosts. are each other's co-hosts. New wave, maybe. Yes, 2020. We made it happen. We did make it happen. 2020 is the year where we Follow our dreams. I don't know about all of that, but yeah. Um. So, hi everyone. This is Pil, and she is Nuveen. Hi, I'm Nuveen. Let's let's just get straight to it. My name is Nuveen, and it means new love in Kurdish. My name is Pil, which means wave in English in Kurdish. Oh, English. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's confusing. Yeah, wait a second. I guess I said mine wrong. My name is Nuveen, and it means new love in English and in Kurdish. What? It's the definition of our names. And what we did, we were very clever to uh, fuse our names together. New Wave. So what does New Wave mean to you, Pid? New wave. Um, so that pretty much means like it's, I don't know. It's just us figuring things out. Figuring things out. I, you know, we talked about it being like a new way, a new perspective, a new mm-hmm. wave of thoughts and ideas and perspectives on um, just our like daily life. Yeah. It's just our view of this world and how we're living it. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the one thing or the main thing that uh, kind of urged us to make this podcast was um, this underrepresentation of people like us, you know, people like us who um, are born in a country from another country um or in our case we don't have a country um Mm. i don't know you want to add on to that yes so i think it's more like we are kurdish and we were born in a different country which is Mm. america Mm -hmm. we lived here and then we also lived back home though right and now we both live in america again and yeah. how that's affected us and what we, how we see and how, things now. Yeah, how that um, influences the way we see things and the way we live our lives here. So fun, you know, here's a little recap. Me and Pill met in, what grade were we in? Uh, I think I, it, I came to Kurdistan and was in eighth grade. Okay. So we made, met in eighth grade. So we met in eighth grade. Um, both of us went to, moved back home to Kurdistan, um, region of northern Iraq. 
and um, we went to school. We went to this international English school. There's students from all over the world, Kurds and non-Kurds that went there, and also locals. And um, yeah, we all we met there, and I think, um, and we yeah, we've just been in each other's lives ever since. <laughs> yeah. Um, then. You know, eventually, each of us moved back to America, and I live in Minnesota. Yeah, and I live in Tennessee, and um, and I think that, like, drew us to each other, like, years after, you know, going to school together and living in Kurdistan together, and we haven't seen each other since, like, what, 2016? Um, yeah, wow, that's a long time ago. I know, yeah, we haven't seen each other since, like, 2016, but it's just, it just shows how much of a bond that was created while we were there. Um, and I think that's like, not just me and Ted, like I've um, made a lot of friends there that are still today a really big part of my life and I still stay in touch with them. And I think, um, and I, I've talked to so many of our friends from like that are living all over the world right now, you know, who used to live in Kurdistan, but now, you know, live in Europe or Canada or, um, Israel, um, and they all say the same thing, like, the friendships that we made at that school in Kurdistan have, are stronger than most of the friendships they made before moving there, you know, or mm -hmm. they've just, like, your like, childhood friends, yeah, um, but, mm -hmm. friends we've made after we've come back, like, you know, we all love our friends, but there's just, like, this connection that we have with people, that we used to go to school with or back home and it's it's like an understanding that we right. both have a connection yeah yeah there's definitely a disconnect you know there's definitely a disconnect mm -hmm. and i think not a lot of people understand um understand it so i think that's why you know me and pill are we uh really enjoy talking to each other because you know there's we and what was that thing you were saying yesterday, Pil, about how, like, there's a lot of people who have podcasts and there's a lot of people, like, and a lot of, like, Kurdish people that are doing a lot of great things, um, are super um, vocal and active, um, mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of us who, like, actually, you know, were born here and then moved back and spent our, like, spent their teenage years in Kurdistan um, talking about it, Right. Like, yeah, I feel like um, we're not represented very well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about yesterday is, yeah, I'm sure if you search up, there's a lot of Kurdish influencers, YouTubers, um, you know, that have a platform in some sort of way, and they talk about being Kurdish and living in a different country, uh, or being born in a different country, living in a different country, and kind of representing um, the Kurdish community or yeah. yeah yeah but there's not a lot of us where it's okay we are Kurdish we also are born or have lived in a different country but we have also lived back home yeah and after living back home for so many years in my case I lived there for 10 years mm -hmm. so pretty much I lived in America for 13 years and I lived in America for 10, Kurdistan for 10. So it's kind mm. of like half and half. Mm -hmm. and, but now I live in America again 
mm-hmm. and it's there's not a lot of people who talk about us and or, or who can relate to that you know mm-hmm. like for a lot of people for a lot of Kurdish people living in America or Europe um Kurdistan you know people have different um experiences you know and mm-hmm. I feel like I would have a different experience or relationship with Kurdistan if I didn't live there for so many years you know you have you don't really get to know a place like yeah your parents are from there but you don't really get to know a place in just a couple of months you know you go there for the mm-hmm. summer and come back and you share like oh man I was staying at my aunt's house and it sucked and was so boring and this and that and it's like well when I think of Kurdistan it's just like you know you when you actually live there you're like okay you it's home actually, it's me it's yeah my it's, home. it's home you you start to make friends you build a community and I think that's what I feel like community is so important wherever you are it's just building a community and I think that's what we did over there at that school and um, with our like whole circle of friends is we built a community because we all you know we we weren't quite we weren't quite um you want to help me? Um, <laughs> what I think you're trying to get at is we didn't really fit, fit in, in there. Yes. But it's, but then now we don't yeah. really quite fit in here. So, so where that's, do we? This is where <laughs> what the podcast is for. This is where we find ourselves years later. Yeah, um. and we have these conversations every day. I always talk to even, like, my family, my friends, um, my cousins back home that I want to come back and I want to live there because that feels like home. When I say I'm going to Kurdistan, I feel like I'm going home. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm back here, this is also my home. And... So well, then what do I do? I can't... It's hard to choose one over the other. Mm-hmm. And, but you don't prefer one place over the other. So you're just kind of stuck in this weird, like, limbo where, um, yeah, I want to move back, but then I don't really want to move back because I don't really want to leave here. But And it's just so... It's confusing, some, at most times frustrating, and yeah. it's sad. It's it is sad. sad. I it's mostly very sad. <laughs> constantly in a state of nostalgia for <laughs> wherever country I'm not in. Mm, hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I feel yeah. you, man. So, uh, but and then there's like humor, like with the sadness. I mm. think that there's a lot of humor that emerges from these situations like this, and there's this like sad, like okay, an example. And I keep, you know, talking about this example and it keeps popping up in my life. But like um, the example of the football, like somebody Mm. when we were going to school in Kurdistan. American football. American football. Don't get it twisted. Not soccer. There's several soccer balls there. But when you see it, when we saw football, like when somebody would bring a football to school, we would get especially the uh the Kurds from America would get so mm-hmm. excited and happy and it's like holy crap you look around and you're like wow we are really displaced you know like mm-hmm. even you know yeah 
yeah, it's just crazy. But that's just a little example, a very, very light example of how displaced Kurds are inside of Kurdistan and outside of Kurdistan and how I feel like the diaspora, like the diasporic community does not get enough credit for having to go through these um, living in between these two places that you call home and just it's like how do we exist in both places how do we even language you know we talk a lot about language barriers and how mm-hmm. um you know knowing yeah so anyways but yeah okay, i have a question of, for you go ahead. <laughs> what language do you think in mm. oh my gosh it's a little bit of both honestly mm. it's it's sad i'm saying it's a little it's a little bit of kurdish and a little bit of english and then it's not a lot of anything so <laughs> i yeah what about you um definitely oh i mean let me Don't think me. and see what comes up <laughs> okay um but no i think it's kurdish it's really um, I have noticed this though, wherever mm. I'm living in, mm. like whatever place I'm living in at the moment, the longer I stay there, the more that language becomes the language I think in. Like when I was in mm. Kurdistan, the first year I moved back, I would say I was still thinking English and um, English was more, it was easier on the tongue for me. Yeah. Um, but after being there for so long, it just became Kurdish. And whenever I would talk to someone, I would automatically just switch to Kurdish. Even if that person mm. knew English, like even me and you, we mostly spoke Kurdish to each other. I think, yeah. Especially towards the end. Um, yeah. But then whenever I come back, um, now that I've been back here for a while, it is definitely transitioning back into English. Which kind of and makes it, me sad. It's terrifying, yeah. Like, ever since I um, have been in school in a different city from my parents, I noticed my English is getting stronger and my Kurdish is getting weaker. And I, like, I was talking to my dad about that the other day. And he was just like, I really didn't want to tell you, but yeah, I noticed that too. And I'm like, oh, this makes me so sad. And I literally, like, I mean, and that's one reason, like, I call call you and I try to talk to you in Kurdish as much as possible and honestly on this podcast we might just turn conversations into Kurdish and if we remember to translate we will and if not then you can definitely you know message us and ask mm-hmm. definitely yeah but yeah. anyway um yeah crazy it's sad how I'm constantly terrified of not for like forgetting our language mm-hmm. and it's why not, is that um why do not, you forget why do you why do you like fear you know why i fear it because um, some people don't care exactly <laughs> some people I was really don't this, care because i have um three younger brothers mm-hmm. i'm the oldest in my family and even, like, my parents tell me, they're like, you know what, because you're at a certain age where we know you're not going to forget Kurdish. Like, mm-hmm. it'll stick with you. Yeah. But with my younger brothers, for instance, they were born in America, but they lived their entire lives in Kurdistan. 
-hmm. and they moved back two years ago, Mm -hmm. a year before I did. They moved back two years ago, and now they don't know Kurdish. That's crazy. And they didn't know English their entire lives growing up. And yeah. but they moved back, and then I would sometimes like I would talk to my younger brother in Kurdish, and he'll understand, but he can't reply back in Kurdish. It's so hard for him. And I would always be like, "Oh, remember when you used to speak Kurdish?" And he doesn't have, he doesn't want to learn it. That's mm. the thing. And it's just so sad to me. And it's like, I mean, I'm happy you know English, and yes, we live in America. You go to school in America. You need to know English, but you we can't remember where we came from and what we are. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna. And then I guess like my question when I asked you like why? Yeah. Like what is up with? So everyone I think in that in the diaspora community is like this whole a lot of kids um, like us who were born here or, or came to America at a really young age, they have this, they feel this pressure to know the language, to know the language to the point where they, this pressure becomes so heavy that they're like, they, they kind of despise it. They hate it. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, you know what? The language doesn't make like they, um, I remember a cousin of mine, she once said, um, she said, you know what? Like, I constantly, I've like my whole life, I've always been struggling with the Kurdish language, born in Canada. Um, and, and she was like, got to a point where she was like, that doesn't make me, just because I don't know Kurdish, it doesn't make me any less of a Kurd, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, you are correct. And you should not, and, and, and you know, she shared her experiences like, oh, when I would speak Kurdish, around some of the Kurdish girls in my city, they would make fun of me and it would, and, and, and then like, and I think, and I'm guilty of that too. And my like nieces or nephews um, speak Kurdish and it's not, you know, they have an accent. I'll kind of chuckle and then get, and it really hurts them, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's hard. It's really it's hard. funny how common that is though, because I it's, have heard from a lot of my friends they say the exact same thing. They're like, I will go to someone's house. As a family, we'd go there. And then Mm -hmm. the people there, they would make fun of, like they would ask me a question in Kurdish and I'd reply in the limited Kurdish that I know. And they'd Mm. make fun of me for it. Yeah. Um, And And that that, that just draws people away from it. They're like, you know mm -hmm. what? No, I know English perfectly. And I'm just going to respond in English and, I don't need to know the language, but, yeah, hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I, I, um, I did an interview with the journalist in Kurdistan, like, a couple months ago, and he was asking me questions in Kurdish, and, about my artwork, and, um, I, it was so hard for me to articulate and and to like explain my art in Kurdish and to the one point he said he said like he just like called me out on it and was like you know it's <laughs> it's a shame and he was like shaming me like it's a shame that you forgot your language and I was like hey I did not forget my language like I was like, getting all defensive I was getting so mad I'm like dude like you don't understand like and I and that was the first time because I feel like I never struggled with it until that until that 
until I got into a situation like that where I'm like, gosh, like, you guys don't give us enough credit. Like, you know, we are going to school, we're going to work, we're speaking. Like, who are we supposed to speak Kurdish to, especially if you don't live with your family and your mom and your dad? And it's just mm-hmm. like... And it's a at the end of the day, it's just another way of communi it's it's communication, right? Language. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like Kurd it's so complex. It's so much more complex. It's not just a language. I think this whole thing about like I think everyone really wants to hold on to the Kurdish language because we take so much pride into it because there's it's been banned in so many different countries and it's been um you know, people have died for this language, you know? Um mm-hmm. There's been poets and writers and musicians, Kurdish musicians that were, um, who've gone missing for just speaking the language, for singing and creating the language. And we want to just keep that going. And, you know, some may even argue, like, what distinguishes, some can argue that the thing that distinguishes us Kurdish people from the Arabs and the Turks and the Iranians is language is the Kurdish language. Our language is not like theirs. And I, and it gets me so mad. Like when I wear, you know, um, my Ashdi t-shirts, um, and, and like an Arab or a Turk or even an Iranian will, will be like, that's not how you spell it in our language. Like they're just like mm. straight up, like that's wrong. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is not <laughs> wrong. This is right in the Kurdish language. So yeah, mm. that's a whole thing. Um, it's yeah it's intense it's a touchy topic for a lot of people and reasons you can understand that i mean it makes sense honestly i feel mm. but hold on do you remember like um i remember like even like the kurds there the locals who never ever left kurdistan will even be like wow the desolate to a tree like, oh, you've only been gone for 10 years and you forgot your language already? Like, you know, they'll, like, make fun of us in a way. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, oh, no, how did you forget I, your language? You've only been gone for, like, whatever. Yeah, so anyways, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, we didn't leave for 10 years. We were born in a different country and we were yeah. English. I mean, it's sad to say, but in, uh, I don't know. Was English your first language? shoot no but then again because my parents did talk to me in kurdish and i do no i remember my mom she used to always tell me this um the first day of preschool my first day of preschool when she took me to school she was terrified Mm -hmm. that i wouldn't be able to talk to anyone because (laughs) they only ever talked to me in kurdish and then she was like we didn't have any american friends my parents they were i was Mm -hmm. constantly surrounded by kurdish people and i'm like four or five years old I don't know, what mm-hmm. age do you go to preschool for? Yeah. So I go there, and she's like, you know, I was planning on staying with you for that day to, like, you know, tell your teachers, oh, she doesn't know English very well, so, you know, bear with me. But we walk in, and my preschool teacher asks me, mm-hmm. what did you do this morning? How did you get ready? And my mom was prepared to tell her, oh, she doesn't understand English very well. But she's like, before I had the chance, you and perfect English say, I woke up, I brushed my teeth, I washed my face, I got dressed, and I came to school. And she said, I was so shocked because (laughs) we had never spoken to you in English before. And like, where did you learn it? And it's 
I mean, comes back to the fact that, yeah, you can t- speak to your children in a different language as much as you want and try to shield them from the other uh-huh. culture, but you can't. Because how did I learn English? I don't know. I was four. I don't remember. Yes. And, then, and I think that's kind of where my fear comes from of losing language. Um, even though, yes, it doesn't necessarily make you more or less Kurdish. But I do mm-hmm. feel language is a big part of yeah. It's it's one of the main things because I mean, if you think about it, what separates one culture from the other? And one of the main th- reasons is language. Mm. And if we don't mm-hmm. have that, then what do we have? We don't even have a country, sadly. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, and some will even so okay. Imagine like we. So do you know how different situations going to be when it comes to language? So like when I see um, my, you know, like, okay, imagine us, you know, getting married, having kids, growing up in America. Do you think like, I don't know about you, but like, okay, what if we don't end up um, speaking to them in Kurdish? speaking to them in Kurdish or like one thing I've noticed in my, um, in my family is that like my brother and his wife speak to each other in English. And, and I've had this conversation with him before and he's just like, Nuveen, it just naturally we speak to each other in English, you know? And it feels, Mm -hmm. and he's like, but with mom and dad, I speak to them Kurdish. It's natural. But, you know, so it's like, okay, if you're dating someone over here or you're married to someone, it's just like, yeah, you just start talking to each other and, like, you start picking a language and that's what the language you're going to be running with. And then when you have kids after you're married or not, whatever, Mm -hmm. suits your boat, but um, (laughs) after you have kids, um, like, the kids really look... So, my dad will always tell my brother, oh, you don't... You know, your kids don't know Kurdish because you don't speak to your wife in Kurdish. And and he, my brother's just like, yeah, because it's just... That's just how we talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, he's just like, even... You know, it's just... I don't know. It makes but, sense. Um, because, okay, let's say if you marry a Kurdish guy from here... Versus marrying a Kurdish guy from back home. Yeah. Even though they're both Kurdish, you would speak to one in English and to one in Kurdish because it's natural and yeah. it would feel silly. I don't know. Like I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, but it would yeah, feel yeah, silly yeah. to There's talk some... to someone here and speak to them in Kurdish. Yes. See, and that's what me and my brother are talking about, how sometimes it just feels like kind of like, yeah, when you talk to your mom and dad or elders in Kurdish, it just that's natural. That's how you're supposed to talk to them versus like with someone that you've only talked to in English, it's just like but me and you it's a different story. Like we we can do both, but there's we some jump back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> when when we're in the joking mood, when I, when we want to be <sighs> jokers, we'll start speaking in um in Kurdish. But anyways, um but yeah, there's some friends that I have here that are Kurdish and speak the language that I can't, like, I speak to them in English. Like, it feels cringy. It feels wrong to speak to them in Kurdish. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't sound, it doesn't feel natural. So, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how, like, um, I don't know, my cousins in Europe 
have a really good grasp on the language. It doesn't seem, to, I feel like it doesn't seem to affect a lot of the Kurds in Europe as much as it does in America. I wonder what that is. Ooh, don't you think? Mm. Well, I don't know, but I think our friends from like Germany had some issues with Kurdish. I mean, it's just a diaspora thing, man. Like, yeah, it just depends on where yeah. you're from. I mean, let us yeah. know what yeah. you think if you are from a different country and you completely disagree with what we're saying. Yeah, you know? it's it's rough. It's so rough. Mm-hmm. But and anyway. there's just like I said, there's a lot of pressure. There's just a lot of pressure. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we'll we'll have. Uh, I have so much to say about language. We'll definitely have like a full on episode about language um, mm-hmm. or segment. Um. But yeah, on a lighter note, yeah, let's talk about some fun facts about each other that maybe our audience doesn't know. Okay. All right, pill. So. You go what first. are you? Oh, okay, so uh, you like tea, cha, or coffee? Are you a cha mm. person or a coffee person? Oh, um, I even had a friend last night tell me. She says I always associate you with tea because when I visit mm. you in Kurdistan, all you would drink is tea. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, yeah, but I'm a coffee person. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm. A diehard coffee person. Dude, dude, I remember you going through a crazy coffee phase um in at Newhart. Really? Yeah. Um not gonna lie, that's like me all the time. Yeah. Okay. I went through I don't think I just ever got out of the coffee phase. I think I just started <laughs> then and I never ended. Yeah. But but moment, you did you once you described it once as the coffee, okay, I don't know, I don't want to, like, I want you to say it yourself, but you said something, you associated coffee with America, tea, and Kurdistan, so please <laughs> go ahead. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, um, when I am in Kurdistan, I think, I feel like I'm a tea person, and but when I'm in America, I'm a coffee person. Mm-hmm. And so, like, tea is basic, like, yeah, tea is served. Tea is, tea is the coffee in Kurdistan. Yeah, it really is. Or in Britain. <laughs> I feel like in London, yeah. the UK, they drink a lot of tea. Oh, yeah. Earl Grey. Not going to lie. I feel like I'm kind of getting out of my coffee phase. Yeah, you, you've been... <laughs> I've been into pink drinks lately. Oh, my gosh. Um, America. I'm, I'm drinking a pink drink as we speak. That's so funny. What about you? Know, you? What is something? What are, are you a coffee person or a tea oof, person? Dude, so mornings I gotta have my coffee. Like I am a, I, yeah. But you need it for survival. I need it to live. Um, I need drink it because I like the taste of it. <laughs> right. No, I'm not. I mean, I think yeah. It's just like past two o'clock. I can't drink coffee. Like, it's, Ooh. like, a morning thing. Yeah, past 2 o'clock. And so, after 2, I'm a tea person. And I'm, you know, I got into, like, herbal teas, um, like, green teas and um, oolong tea and, like, creamsicle oolong from High Gardens, Nashville. Shout out to them. But um, but recently, I've been drinking a lot of black tea. And um, that's been that- really nice. I like the balance. Like, it's not too caffeinated. You know, it's, like, the right amount of 
caffeine for me. The only tea I like is Kurdish tea. Yeah. I don't like any other types of teas. I don't like flavored teas. I don't know. I don't like iced tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of iced tea either. Mm. Another fun. How old are you? Um, (laughs) A lot of people might not know. Yeah, I'm 24. I'm turning 24. How old are you? Next week. You're turning 24? Next week. Yes. I still don't know. I've, I've been asking you what you want for your birthday, and you haven't been responding. I just want for us to have a successful podcast together. Oh. <laughs> you hear that? Inshallah, ya Rabb. But yeah, no. I have you as my friend. That's all I need. Yeah, that's nice. I'm I'm glad. Oh, we're so cute. Look at us. Oh, I know. I. Oh, who was this? I think it was months ago. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think it was a couple of months ago when we first started talking, um, like daily. Mm-hmm. And you posted something. <laughs> yes, you posted <laughs> something on your Instagram story, and this random person from Nuhat a classmate we used to, I guess, we were with. And Mm -hmm. I barely remember this kid. But he texts me, he DMs me, and he says, oh, Uh you guys are still friends? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, we never stopped. (laughs) That's funny. That's hilarious. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what else? What about you? Um, uh, let's see. What else? What else do What else do they need to know? What's your zodiac sign? I mean, we just, oh. Are, um, are you a cancer? Sag- no, you're Sagittarius. Sagittarius? Yeah. What are you? Aquarius. Aquarius. Isn't it so? Do you believe? Sorry if you guys, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's living in America. Yeah, we don't have trains in Kurdistan, huh? No, we don't. It's hey, Pip, we're mm-hmm. hitting. We're about to hit thirty-five minutes. Should we close it up and? Uh... Yeah, up to you. We can yeah. stop let's, and then let's stop, and we can. Go on to the next episode, man. Yeah, hopefully when we post this, we will um, post another one very soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just keep up with us. If you like our conversations, we can be your best friends and <laughs> just talk with us, talk to us. Yeah. And as, as we're talking, if you agree with something feel free to tweet us or dm us and give your thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. any uh, subjects you would like us to talk about yep also send it in we'd be happy to elaborate yeah um any questions we also we're really interested in um like mm-hmm. just um like for the future we have a lot of plans for this um, podcast. We want to bring in other voices. We want to do a lot of interviews with different people. Hopefully, people that went to school with us back in the day. Um, 
we you know yeah, definitely if you want to be featured just let us know and we'd be happy to set something up you can be on our next podcast uh, potentially yeah, yeah. definitely um, we have um we have a friend um in germany his name is ellen and we are we it's not even we're not even asking him we're just gonna call him one day we're gonna we, record you, it it might be bad you made quality. it public that's it i said it it's gonna be out there um and uh <laughs> it's gonna be really funny he's sorry Evans. he makes <laughs> he makes a lot of fun of me and pan so anyway especially me yeah he always has my back though mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well we're gonna bring him on the podcast and then we'll see <laughs> yeah we'll see how that conversation goes um but yeah, yeah we else? have a lot of we have a lot of future plans you know, this first episode was kind of us just, you know, slowly easing our way into it. And it was a nice introduction. We, what are some things we might talk about? Oh my gosh, what are we not going to talk about? Like, we are so desiderish, which means our <laughs> arms are really long. And we just reach out for a lot of different things that we might, you know. We yeah. dabble in a little bit of everything. We A little bit of everything. We know we're like, what is that saying? That English saying of like a master, like a, like we know, what is it? A jack of all traits is a master of none or nothing or whatever. I have no idea. <laughs> well, basically that's us. Like we yeah. will talk a lot and you'll be lucky if you, um, benefit from a little bit of it (laughs) um we talk about a lot of random things a lot of various things we might have some podcasts that are very serious and are very detailed and we might you know dabble into a little bit of politics and our views on that we might talk about dude food we are political so i think whatever we say or talk about definitely have um, you know, somebody had posted on Instagram, I'm not sure who, but it was just like, being Kurdish, like, whether we like it or not, our existence is so, so deeply rooted in politics. So, mm-hmm. anyways, if you like that kind of stuff, then, yeah. Um, food, food, music, music, traveling, friends, friendship, friends, adjusting, um, back or adapting back into American life and culture and what um being an American means or what like how I, I want us to like really try to define this like what this whole being like what is American you know who who gets to be an American who gets to be mm. an American you know what I mean who gets to be an American we you know and and how there's this whole like I think you and I have you know, and maybe this is what we're gonna start recording in a little bit of like, um, just about the whole like hyphenating Kurdish American and yeah, and what that means. Mm. Anyways, what else? <laughs> um, just a little bit of everything. You know, we might keep some light and fun, and some might be sure than the others. But I feel like the whole point. Oh, are you eating chips? <laughs> I'm actually about to make myself some ramen noodles. (laughs) (laughs) We will definitely be talking about food. (laughs) Oh, and I'm about to put my noodles in Nisk lentil soup. So, what? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yes. (laughs) 
see um this is what our podcast is it's literally us just and by no means don't take any of this seriously it's just us talking and no this we, is what we do we talk and okay so this is moral of the story we're gonna cut it we're gonna we gotta go but mm-hmm. me and Pam talk every night anyways we are just giving you guys permission to listen to our conversation so don't yes. expect you know yeah just you know just, chill just have, and have fun, fun chill. with us get yourself a tea get yourself a coffee if you're a coffee kind of person grab some tofix get some tofix get some seeds get some bakalawa and just and sit back and have a conversation. Let's yes. start a conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. We don't freaking know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. Oh, this is just... Yeah. All right. Yeah. But well, peace and love for me. And Pid. Yeah. We and, will uh, see you all next podcast. New way. We need to have a sign off. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, I might get I might get in trouble for that. Oh, um, <laughs> we can't get copyrighted. <laughs> we will think of an outro, guys. Yeah, but we gotta make our that... own. Right. <laughs> yeah, wave. We gotta just have the sound of wave. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hey, but you said so.